Manita. Hello, how are you? <laughs> good, thank you. Good. But I wanted to welcome you to Shadow Playground, a podcast exploring play and the shadow that blocks us from accessing our sort of our states of playful vitality. And I'm really happy to have you on here today. So welcome. Thank you. Thanks for the invite. <laughs> my pleasure, my pleasure. I have uh, so many questions for you. And I suppose the first one is, what is a, a moment of play as an adult that you've experienced? And also a moment of play as a child. And it can be any sort of experience. A moment of play as an adult. I mean, I still play a lot. Uh, one of my good friends is a medieval fighter with like uh, s- swords of moose, you know, like very fluffy swords. But we tend to do that a lot. Whenever we gather with our friends, we do like some medieval combat and then we like lose our arms and then lose our legs and then keep going. And I love it. That's one of my favorite games. Kicks in the cardio, kicks in the fun and just bonds us together. Uh, If not playing, I mean, I feel like I play a tiny bit here and now every day. And when I was young, Uh, One of my favorite plays, which has become one of the themes of my life, was like organizing, you know, like theater building. So my game would be to create the story and to create the characters and tell everybody like what character. And and this is something that still passionates me. I'm not doing lots of theater, uh, but I do it in my everyday life when I create events or ceremonies or circles or whatever. It feels a bit like that, right? It's like, okay, and then we're going to do this song and this, and then the flowers go there. So it's a lot of, of play and magic and beauty. So those are kind of my favorite games. So- do you find a way to integrate that sort of world building into your current, um, I guess, your profession? And do you also have sword <laughs> sword fights? <laughs> I don't have sword fights in my profession, but I have a a hard sword, which keeps me aligned. So this is something that's more like an internal play. But I connect a lot with San Michael, who carries a sword. And I try to keep it updated because in the realms that I walk in there, you know, like, Ego is still there. It manifests in different ways, but it's like what we call spiritual ego, where you're thinking like, oh, I'm doing great. I'm helping. I'm supporting. But then there's this monster ego that's just getting bigger and you think you're supporting from the heart, but maybe you're not. So it's like trying to keep the sword sharp, not to kill the ego, but to hold the ground of what's true and it's aligned. So I don't think we have to kill anything, no dragon to slay, but just make sure that we hold our ground and, and we stay true. So that's my my sword in the work I do. That's, that's a nice uh, sort of another way of seeing it. I suppose you need to kill a dragon or the eagle or anything. It's just holding your ground firm and solid. Yeah. For those who don't know anything about you, how would you describe yourself and what you like to do on this on this earth? Oh, wow, that's a good one. <laughs> um, I'm someone that's very joyful. I love joy. I love human psyche. I think that that's my biggest passion. Human psyche, spirituality, everything that has to do with personal development and personal truth. I'm uh, passionate 
about the sense that every single being has whatever they need to walk their path, that every single path is different and that we all have this inner voice, but we have lots of inner voices, right? So my, my deepest calling is how do we find the voice of the heart that's constantly changing, right? We get to one stage and then there's a new voice and then, you know, and it's like it just keeps opening. So to always be able to let go, to die whatever has to die, shed, shed the skins and just keep tuning into more and more truth and more and more of who we are. So that's my biggest passion. And that's what we do, what I do, what I do with my partner, what we do in community in different ways. We hold circles. Uh, I give uh, workshops about ethics, power dynamics, boundary settings. I've done tarot readings. Uh, I've taught how to do tarot readings, connecting with archetypes, singing. So there's a lot of ways we do this, but it's mostly in person, in community. So there's something very, very vital for me about like personal, you know, like being in front of someone, you know, like how we move and how our facial expressions change and how through the days also through leaving an experience together, we're growing and we're transforming and we're creating more and more safety and well-being. So that would be kind of a sneak peek of what I love in life. Yeah, and we we did we did a tarot reading together years ago, and I remember you have such a beautiful presence, but and aligned also with creativity and sort of a playfulness, and it worked so well for me in exploring the narratives that came out of that that reading. It's very important because when we take it super serious, uh, I don't know how we can <laughs> deal with it, right? Because it's so deep, right? It's so deep. We all have like little things to clean under the carpet and we have some piles of shit here or there so it's like how can we be like okay I'm gonna pass the sage and clean it and have fun doing it right and and, and try to see the bright side of it mm. so that's very nice sounds like you're doing lots of different things and with like you said that center sort of the voice of the heart being one of the guiding lights for you how does one connect to the voice of their heart so I believe that everybody has a different way of getting there, okay? Um, I think that there's layers, you know? There's been moments where I was 100% sure that this was the one voice of the heart, but the heart has layers that, that keep peeling off. So for me, the clearest and most direct path, entre guillemets, you know, it's not there's like, woo, arrow straight, but it's truth, you know, it's being able to hold one's ground in what is true and what is true for us can be changing moment to moment. But I have find inside myself, for example, when I'm confused, let's say I have to, to make a choice. OK, and, and I'm not sure what is true within me, but what I'm sure about is that I'm not sure. So I will start by that. OK, so I'll be like, hey, as thank you for your proposal. I feel there's a part of me that really wants to say yes. There is a part of me that's really unsure. So would it be okay that I tell you like in five days, you know, or, or you know, like we start weaving. But just doing that, just stating that makes me feel safe, you know, because I already said something. I, I talk with the person that's like engaged and that's like compromised in whatever I'm going to choose. So it creates more space. So I'm listening and because I see it's safe and because I see it's okay, and if ever it doesn't work with you, it's okay. And I'm just going to let go. So it's this constant process of accepting until the truth 
emerges, you know, because I feel that truth cannot be forced. I've tried before in my past. I've tried. It's like, okay, this is it. And then trying to go through my mental maps, you know, it's like, oh, but if I do this, 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 this is going to happen. If I do this, 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 this. Yeah, but it doesn't matter at the end of the day, because if my heart has to pass through a, a little hell, you know, to actually learn something, and then it's super clear, but not from the mind, but from the heart, then I'm going to still have to pastor it, you know, and that's why, you know, sometimes spiritual bypassing, it's, it's impossible, you know, you can't really do bypassing, because I can be like, hey, love everybody as you love yourself, yeah, but how do, the hell do we love ourselves, and what the hell is love, and love is changing, and it's growing, and it, it's expanding, right, and so for me to really listen to our hearts, start by listening to the little glimpses, and to the little doubts, and to be able to name them and to and then around we start surrounding ourselves with people that have the capacity to hold that space to be like okay as good take take your time let's talk about it later hey what you know like why you know like they can be curious right so they start helping us dig up a little bit deeper and then the more it goes the more i state my truth then the more it's easier to know where, when I'm really feeling at peace. So there's a couple of attributes for me that come with that heart voice, which is peace, you know? Like there's things that I can be feeling like I'm gonna shit my pants because I'm terrified, but there's still some peace, you know what I mean? Like there's still something that's like, oh, okay, I, I, I kind of don't wanna do this, but I know that it, it feels good and it actually leaves the, the weight out, right? And it's like, it's opening and it's expansive and it's luminous. So for me, those are heart attributes that help us sleep better and be better and, and laugh about life a bit more. I, I really like that image of someone being like, I <laughs> might shit my pants, but I'm also <laughs> feeling luminous because I'm connected to my truth. <laughs> literally and, and that's how it goes i swear like there's moments i'm like no i don't want to do this but it's like every single cell it's like i know that that's you know it's like it's just so clear and it's so aligned and then when it actually happens it's like well that that wasn't that bad after all you know it's like it's expanding to something else but it's tricky too and, and that's something that in, in one of the questions that you had sent me that it made me think about but one of, of the plays too that I do with myself constantly it's creating parts of me you know it's like being like okay there's this part that's terrified and when I'm feeling terror I'm gonna embody it you know I'm like oh my god this is so terrifying you know and I'm gonna I'm gonna explore it like physically you know like through my facial like oh this is so disgusting I hate it I hate it I hate it and then the more it goes the more the emotion is actually, you know, the energy is actually being in emotion, which is emotion itself. And then it passes through and then it's, it can be shaken. And then I can be like, okay, finally, I didn't shit my pants. Great. Let's keep going. You know, it's, it's easier to just kind of keep moving through stages. Yeah, I like that. Uh, moving through stages there. And I, I remember you saying years ago when you repeated it at the beginning of this call, this idea that it always, it's an ongoing process. It's like the, it becomes more and more precise. The work becomes more, these sort of small, small adjustments in every moment. So I guess the question for you is, is there, uh, how do you see that path? Is, do you see it with an end point? Do you see it as an ongoing journey? What are your thoughts on that? 
Well, I like to think that it's a forever journey because I love being incarnated in this human body. And I think that when we finish this cleanse, we just become light and we go wherever we came from, right? It's like, I believe that it's through the duality of our existence, you know, like there's sun, there's moon, you know, there's night, there's light. It's just part of it. So I feel that having the capacity to always be curious about ourselves and to always be in transformation, you know, and as I said, it becomes more subtle and subtle at the beginning. It might be like, okay, this job is not for me or like this couple's, you know, it's like big changes, you know, like you start like, whoa, okay, I have to move to Colombia and I have, you know, it's like, but then eventually it's more and more subtle. It's like oh, the food that I'm, I'm, I'm eating, it's actually not sustaining my body that much. Or, or hey, this, that, this type of thought, it's not actually nourishing me. Or, hey, why does everybody, every time before going to bed, I'm, I don't know, checking my phone. It's not very nourishing, so I won't. So it's like it starts becoming more and more subtle adjustments because we, we're working inside ourselves and we're, we're aligning more and more so everything becomes more harmonious and it might come the time right when the spiral comes back to like full spectrum it's like okay finally i'm not supposed to be a nun i'm gonna let go of this i'm gonna have kids and i'm gonna you know it's like there you go and it's okay right because it, it's moving so i do not see it as an end point because I feel that when I'm, if, if I'm too focused on an end point, which, for example, in Tibetan Buddhism, which I grew into, some people feel the end point is enlightenment, right? It's like, that's where I'm aiming for. And maybe it is, you know, and I think it will be pretty cool, you know, to just dissolve in the emptiness of everything and, you know, see truth directly and feel love and abundance and everything. But I believe that we can have it because there's already parts of us that are enlightened but that it's also very precious to embrace the human experience and to embrace the journey. So I don't want to see it as an end thing. I want to see it as like, damn, right? Okay, right now I have to work on this. Okay, I'm going to work on this. Hey, who can help me? You know, And then you start connecting and you find incredible people on the way and you find incredible smiles and hearts and experiences and places and places that you love and then places you'll never see again. So I believe that that is what happens between birth and death you know it's experience and exploration and magic so so that's how i see it that's a gift it's a gift to our lives hey and when you when you talk about that (laughs) and when you talk about identifying that truth and connecting with it are there some truths that are or which truths rather are easier for you to accept and embrace and celebrate and which truths are a little bit more challenging like oh that's not actually happening (laughs) just kind of decide (laughs) (laughs) well first i would say i don't really go that much anymore with like that's not happening like if there's a truth happening like if, if there's a real truth emerging i will take the time to sit with it and to purge whatever resistant is resistance is in me because if that's the truth the more it goes the more i realize that if that's the truth that's what's gonna bring me peace and real well-being you know so I can't keep being like, no, 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 no. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do this. But for me, I'm just making that suffering last h- uh, five more years instead of like five hours of sitting with it, crying my my eyes out, mourning whatever has to mourn out, you know, like just like doing the day, you know, like letting it go and being like, oh, OK, I didn't I didn't thought it was going to be that. But it's OK. And sitting and wondering like, OK, what are all these resistance? 
So I'm not like I try the more it goes. And sometimes it's not easy. There's things for sure that are easier than others, as you're saying. But to always sit with the resistance and be like, okay, this is a true truth emerging. I engage like my engagement with life, like my engagement with myself is to go towards that truth. And that's my journey and that's my path. You know, it's not my path is not like Tibetan Buddhism or this or that or that, you know, like there's paths and there's traditions that I'm, I go with. But my real engagement is to the lineage and the truth of whatever is emerging. So if that's my engagement, I'm going to do my best to follow. it. So for sure, when my the truth that emerges falls into the things that I've thought are OK, you know, that are good, that in like the tradition, it says that it's like luminous and precious and magnificent. Well, it's super easy to accept, right? It's like, oh, yeah, cool. Amazing. It's all right. But when the truth that emerges brings some tab some taboos, you know, or brings some some nagging voices of like remembering my mom saying like, "Ooh, how are you going to survive as an artist, for example, you know, or this or that, it might bring some some challenges, you know, and it's not because it's not true. It's because I have to sit with the part of me that's scared of not being enough because I'm an artist, for example, or I have to sit with the part of me that's scared of not having abundance if I don't go to work nine to five or whatever, whatever it is, right? But the truth within me is that all I want to do is write and sit in community and sit in circle. So that's what I'm going to do. But there's moments of fear, et cetera, et cetera, right? So that's how I, you know, that's what I differentiate. Like, yes, some truths are very simple. Some truths are not that simple. But when they're not that simple, I just create the space. And if I can't create the space by myself, I will go find support, right? I have teachers, allies, what, you know, it's like, like for me, that's one of the key things in life. Get your allies. Who are your allies? That's one thing I ask everybody, like, who do you ask for support when you're not able to sit and meditate? Because sometimes it happens, you know, sometimes we're not even able to close it yet. Like there's so many questions inside that we're like, oh no, wait, oh no, I'm going to do a tea. Oh no, I'm going to eat. I'm going to do It's like, we can't calm down because we don't know how to deal with it. So finding support, it's also very important. Oh, that's so important. And, and often it is such an individual narrative, the atomistic idea of, oh, I'll, I'll work there for myself. But that, that thing of allies and support and community, so important. I actually, uh, I'm remembering I had a, it's so way back, we were, I was talking with a friend and we were trying to, I was describing you. And my friend said, oh, that person who is faintly glowing all the time. And I was like, exactly. That's her. Uh, and I was wondering what happened in your path, Juanita, to begin glowing? Because you do have, when you are in spaces, you are clearly radiating energy and aliveness. So what led you there? How are you able to sort of connect to that life source in such a, such a beautiful way? Thank you, Ez. <laughs> That's very precious. Um, well, the first thing that emerges, it's really just life you know letting life pass through and doing the work so for sure when we're born I think we are all luminous beings you know we all have this glow because we are this glow right this is not this is not personally oriented right it's the vital energy that keeps us going so I believe everybody glows just in different ways and sometimes it's more perceptible than others but it's always there but for sure I would say that the more I feel at peace and the more I feel centered, 
And the more I have my tribe and the more I keep choosing what really makes sense for me and the more I start loving myself and loving myself and loving myself, the more I just feel good within my skin. So it's easier to spread the love, right? Because when I'm not feeling good within my skin, I start nagging, you know, and then I start like disconnecting. You know, what we do sometimes is that we dissociate because we're not very good. So we dissociate. So we start focusing on other people. Oh, he's doing this. Oh, she's doing this. Oh, they're doing that. Instead of being like, oh, I'm doing this thing. This is so cool. You know, and then we start enjoying it. And it's that joy that starts rippling off. So for me, for sure, the path I walk is one of the things that make me the happiest. You know, I feel in my place. I feel in my alignment. I love it. I thrive. You know, I do most of my work like volunteer work. And it's like I, I enjoy it. You know, it's not about remuneration of this or that. It's just so clear. This is what I'm doing. This is what I'm doing. You know, so it just passes through. So I would say those things like first, remember, we all have that light within for sure, a thousand percent. And the magic of that light is really going to emerge when each one of us is in our divine place, you know, and all places are divine. We could be like literally just staring at a flower in the botanical garden. And that's like just making us so freaking happy that everybody that's going to pass through is going to be like, oh, maybe I should stare at the flower too, you know, because it's like, it's magical. Or you can be serving a baguette in a boulangerie, whatever, in whichever corner. And if you're like super happy to be with the clients and giving your baguette and people are going to be like, wow, thanks for the smile. Thanks for the baguette. You know, it's like everything just tastes more delicious. So that glow is in everything whenever we are in that alignment. And then the third thing is there's moments where we really just have to choose ourselves. And then there's moments of death and rebirth, right? It's not necessarily a physical death, right? Because then we'll have to wait to reincarnate and who knows what that's going to be. But it's an emotional death, you know, it's a death of a belief or of a system or of a construct. So that for me, it's one of the keys. I, I try to die and reborn every single day as many times as I can be like, oh, this is OK. Why is it challenging? Why am I shocking? Like, you know, and then it sheds and then there's more space and then I feel more light and then I feel more luminous. So to be luminous, I feel we also have to be able to go deep within ourselves sometimes with support most times or at the beginning with support because there's some things that can be very confusing within ourselves so it's like find the good support to go there and then get tools and then the more we have tools then we can start doing it on our own too right because it's like okay now I know how to run properly so I'm just gonna keep running la 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 so it's like having that capacity to that to do that for sure for sure and take care of, your, of ourselves that's the fourth thing I really want to add because we need time with people or I believe okay everybody might be different but for me I know I need time to be with people and I need time of aloneness and I need time of couple and I need time to write and there's people that sometimes I see they're putting too much time in one of the spheres of their lives and then we debalance ourselves so it's harder to be all the time radiant if you know it's like it becomes fake so you're not radiant anymore. You're trying to be there because you're supposed to be there. So make sure you take good breaks to recharge and just keep sharing, you know, in your own way, always. So that's that. Nice. That, that balance is so important. If you want to be in your divine radiance, as you say. Mm -hmm. I'm curious how people react to you as you navigate your life. 
I've had moments when I've been extremely energized and feeling completely aligned and where I've received feedback, somewhere along the lines of, that's very annoying. <laughs> so you're, very, you're annoying me, your presence is annoying me, your energy is annoying me, and for a number of different reasons. And I'm curious, how do people react to your energy as you move through your this path, through life? So for me, I started walking the path. I mean, we start walking the path the moment we're born, but like consciously walking the path or whatever when I was 11 years old. So I would say that that was the moment where that had the most impact in my life uh, because there was a big gap, right? There was inside school where I didn't really connect with anybody. People thought I was kind of weird. Um, I was leaving explorations that I, I thought were okay, but for other people in the normal society were not. So I started having lots of bullying and, you know, it was very, very intense growing up. And then the other half of my life was with people that were 20 years older than me, 30 years older than me, doing yoga, Tibetan Buddhism, ceremonies, circles, sweat lodge, etc. So I really had that split. So outside of school, life was precious. Everybody was happy that I was doing that work. Everybody felt it was magnificent that someone that was young was doing it so there was half of me that was like yeah this is great I think I'm doing good and then half of me that was like totally feeling inadequate I guess of being alive (laughs) or whatever you know so it was very interesting line but I also feel that it was a a very big blessing because then since it started at such a young age when I was like 15, 16, I already had more and more true friends, you know, I would connect with more people in the path, you know, and now for the last seven, maybe eight years, I've been mostly surrounded with people that are in circles, that are in Buddhism, that are in yoga, you know, so it's very simple, like people around me, most of them have this language, you know, and, and it's funny, because my partner, my partner, for me, it's like the link between whatever we do in our circle tribal life and the rest of of the world which I love and I want you know like I I love talking with everyone because I love it but it's like somebody talking of quantum physics with an artist you know so there can be a gap you know so it's not good or bad but yeah it's cool because he creates the bridge you know so the more it goes the more I'm I'm learning to just be out there and be in here and whatever but the people that are closest to my heart all talk a relatively similar language. They're all in a journey of self. They are all in a journey of truth or they try to, you know, for sure. There's moments where they're very challenging and there's moments where we think we're speaking truth and we're not. And, and as I said at the beginning, there's moments where the ego escalates and we're like, shit okay sorry sorry about the last three months like forget that Juani like that 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 wasn't me I'm very sorry you know so I would say that yeah sincerely for the last seven years of my life I feel very grateful with the people that have been around me and I've actually had a bit of of a hard time coming out of of the cocoon not because I, I haven't wanted to but last year I came a bit out of the cocoon and I started connected with other people that were, you know, like just starting to wonder about spirituality and it was very powerful. But 
it, it, it led to lots of misunderstandings, you know, and a lot of pains and sufferings. And my ego also in the process, like grew. Anyways, it was it was a very big thing. So I retrieved back into my tribe. And now I'm gently coming out again to, yeah, to to talk. You know, I want to I wanna connect with everybody for sure. But it's not always easy to put the teachings and whatever I've learned when the other person is not doing so in similar ways, you know. So there's magnificent people, but not everybody takes responsibility, you know. That, that for me, I think that that's the biggest ache, you know. And with my parents, for example, it's been a big journey. But now with my mom, it's super easy to talk with her. And she's been walking a huge path on her own and with my father, too, and my stepfather, too. So it's like I feel that the more it goes, the more everybody around me has tools or not. But it has an open heart, you know, because we're talking truth, you know, and we're seeing each other and we're seeing each other bloom and good and happy and well. And so it's just good for everyone I guess hopefully and then sometimes it's not and it's okay because that's part of life and I'm very very human myself so, so yeah. like that, that reframe of the question it's not so much you know who's how people react to you it's more about no I create intentional spaces with people that love me and speak a language that I connect with the end because those are the people that want in my life and maybe you can go explore other connections but ultimately those are the people you want around you yeah and I want to stay true right and 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 for me that's the thing like I find other people like for me everything is spirit right in a way you know when I say spiritual path it's something that's very faint you know like it's more like tools it's like spiritual tools you know like nonviolent communication is one uh permaculture but it's you know there is yes the planting permaculture but there's also social permaculture so how do we dialogue how do we resolve conflict how do we choose you know etc cetera, etc cetera. so these are tools that for me make it makes it easier to connect with one another and another as humans and i found incredible humans that i love very very deeply and sometimes it has just been like a matter of adjusting because we don't have the same language and we don't have the same tools. So things that for me are important to check in, you know, for example, I won't just arrive and put my music full blast in your house because I arrived to your, you know, like there's things or like I will not, I will never like I don't smoke. But like sometimes I see people arrive like at a restaurant and they start smoking. I would check in with the person, you know, like. I would not just light something, you know? So there's things, there's just little nuances that you start thinking about that not everybody does. So how can we say these things with love and care? So so it's a good practice. It's a really good practice to go somewhere where there's another language, another heart connection and to learn how to stay in loving kindness and and be able to connect with one another. So that's my intention but it's not always easy. <laughs> yeah, of course, definitely. And, and props for going out to those areas. One of the, one of the premises of this, of this podcast is that we can explore conflictual, difficult situations with a playful spirit. And I'm hearing what you're saying. There is a playfulness to it because you're actually going outside like, okay, out to the world. I have no idea what's going to happen. <laughs> it's like, these people do not speak my language at all. And you walk in and they're like, smoking they're like putting music on like and you're like aren't you aware of the consequences of your actions so that seems like a quite an it could be an adventure and then you can go back to your sort of home base 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's also an, an incredible adventure too, because for example, smoking on its own, it's not good or bad, right? Or like alcohol is not good or bad. I, anyways, for me, it's not good or bad. But then again, it's that inner question of, I grew up in a context where there was a lot of alcoholism, you know, and drug mm. addiction, whatever. So for me, there's something that like even one beer, it's like, no, it's, it's terrible. You know, like there's a part of me that, that reacts to it. So it has also been this game of like putting my backpack, going out to the restaurant and sitting and being like, oh, okay, there's people that are a bit tipsy. How do I react? You know, and at the beginning, it's like I would see all my body being like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. But no, this is a safe space, you know, so learning to, hey, shit, honey, you're about to freak out, but it's all right. Just breathe, you know, can you stay here? Like, what's the problem? You know, so questioning, questioning it, like, what is the problem that that person that's not even talking to you is talking a bit loud? Why do I take it personal? You know, so it's also that game of wondering, like, why do I take it personal? Why do I take it personal if the person across the street has that skirt or this skirt or that haircut? Why does it even matter? You know, why does it even matter when you're in a party, let's say, that you invited your friend to? And you're constantly thinking, like, is he having a good time? Is he having a good time? Is it like, who can you know? It's like, hey, can you tell me if you're if you need something? You know, hey, can you tell me if you need something? I'll be here. If you want to leave, we'll leave. Good. And then you just unplug of that because it's not my responsibility, whatever the other person's living, right? So anyway, it's it, for me, those are the game. It's, for me, that's the real game of life, you know? And even when I say like, oh, these people and that language and that other, you know, it's like, it's all part of the game of unweaving my own mind of being like, maybe at the end of the day, it's just a universal language, you know? And it's all just my filters and my own taboos that it's like, oh, I think they're speaking like, Cantonese and I'm speaking like German and no maybe it's like at the end of the day is the same thing but it's my filters that are like oh but they dress like this and no 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 oh but they just come and they put me like can I take responsibility and is it true that it's affecting me you know it's like those two questions and then if it's not true that it's affecting me you know like if it has nothing to do with me am I able to just breathe it out you know and that becomes the game for me anyways that's like the game of this human existence that's a beautiful self-awareness of being able to just really go deep like what is this setting off for me i know something is being set off but then you said breathing it out being like okay (laughs) i'm curious like what is your um what is your relationship to conflict and how do you navigate conflict in your life well, conflict is a huge spectrum, right? Because there is inner conflict, there is couple conflict, there's, you know, there's also levels of it. There's tiny conflict, right? Um, that sometimes all that is needed is just to name them, you know, it's just to name my perception, to name how I feel about it, and to create the space to for the other to name whatever they're feeling. And most of the time, it navigates pretty good. Like I, I sincerely feel like with my partner, for example, it's it's very smooth, you know. We do have our differences, we do have questions sometimes or doubts, or but it's always very loving, it's always very caring, you know. We feel the care. So even when we're a bit like, oh, I don't know, like something's happening, or there's there's something kind of unsaid we're going to take the time to realize what it is or to just give space for it to clarify and it's the same thing with my friends 
But then there's other moments where conflicts become way more complex, right? Because sometimes our conflicts not, don't does not come, or or most of the time, our conflicts don't come from the actual thing that's happening, but from wounds, you know, or perceptions or different things, right? It's like somebody. I don't know, rejects us or we reject someone, you know, we're like, oh, finally, I don't want to see you anymore. You know, I don't know. There's something in us that pops and it's like, oh, you know what? As I, I no, I don't want this anymore. It, it's maybe it, it's 90% of the time probably had nothing to do with you. Right. It might be like, oh, finally, I'm scared to talk in a podcast. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, what are your intent? You know, it's like there's a bunch of inner things happening. So that's when it's trickier for me, um, especially if the other person is not aware that of the things that are being triggered inside themselves too, right? Because if I just come, then I just come, I just come, I take responsibility, that's good. It clears up part of it, but it doesn't clear the full spectrum and the full circle. So it clears it for me, but that relationship's always two-parted, right? So I can keep loving but if the other person does not feel complete, the relationship has changed, right? The relation has transmuted. So that's where it becomes tricky, you know, or sometimes the other person is more aware and it's able to come and to explain themselves. But sometimes I can't let go of my wound, you know, sometimes it's very deep, deep, deep woundings, you know, and there's, there's harshness. So then there's a big process of forgiveness before being able to come back and be like, wow, you know what, thank you so much for the mirror, you know, or like, okay, yes, I'm very sorry I talk like that. Or, you know, sometimes we become stubborn because we're not able to see the part that belongs to us. So either us or the other person. So for me to really come clear with conflict, there's there's different processes. The first one is really sitting with ourselves, you know, and sharing everything that I've been sharing for the last, I don't know how long, maybe 30 minutes, but listening to our hearts, taking the time after, you know, after I, I, I look at myself to really look at the other for who they really are, you know, because sometimes we're upset with the other, but it's their real nature. You know, there's people, for example, that are fully flowing in life that, that are not committing or engaging, you know, and that's how they are right now. Maybe they're going to change, you know, who knows? It doesn't matter, but that's how they are. And that's part of it. And if I'm, that if then I get aggravated because it's like, hey, as what the hell, you're not a right. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. As is not someone that engaged. He's flowing in his life. So why am I getting so, you know, it's like, can I see you for who you are? And that's that's not how as is, by the way. You know, like that's not how you are. But it's being able to see the other too. So am I able to see the other? Or am I not able to see the other? Am I seeing the other through my expectations and my lenses? What I think a partner should be like, what I think a friend should be like, what I think a mom should be like. Like, oh, but it's my mom that should call me. So I'm mad with my mom. It's like, no, fuck. I want to call my mom. I want to talk with my mom. I'll call my mom, you know? And maybe I'll tell her, hey, mom, it's been three weeks. I wanted to talk to you and I haven't called you because I thought you were the one that, that had to call me. I would really love you if you call me more often, you know? So it's like, I'm sharing it. What do you think about it? How does it make you feel? Why haven't you called me? You know, and most of the time it's like, I've been super busy or whatever. Okay, perfect. You know, and then it just fades up. But there has to be that capacity to see oneself, see the other, forgive whatever has to be forgiven. Because I believe that a lot of times conflicts emerge 
for different reasons, but there's two big ones for me or three big ones for me. One of them, it's just the due time, you know, and then conflict just comes as, as a little bell that says like, hey, maybe that's not the relationship you should be in right now, you know, or like, hey, maybe that work is not for you anymore. You know, it's like the cherry on top of the ice cream, right? It's like, exactly. It's like your boss screams at you instead of being like, fuck you, boss, be like, oh, well, you know what? <laughs> I've been wondering for like five months if I should quit this job or not. So I'm going to take this conflict or this thing that life is offering me to be like, this is my confirmation. Thank you very much. So sometimes it's really just putting an end to it. Do you have to solve it or not? I don't know. That's up to you. You can sit with the boss, fix that and still leave the work. You know, you can live in a very peaceful manner. The second thing can be about adjusting, you know, something that has to adjust inside yourself. Like I had a big conflict or like there was this situation that exploded last year and it exploded. And at the beginning, I was just like, totally, you know, it was so big and it has so much material in it. And it touched so many of my wounds. Like I was totally like, whoa, it took me a full week of just meditating, crying, praying and being like, I don't get I don't get it. I don't get it. And then it was like, OK, I was not being 100 percent authentic. I was not being 100 percent myself. And then it was six months of process to clear everything that had to clear. And then oof, I rebirthed it and it was very different, but it was still very painful because a, a relationship ended. Right. So it can be also a big, big, big teaching of something of a mirror. You know, the conflict can come as a mirror of something that I have to address and transform. And yeah, I feel like that those are the biggest times there's conflict or sometimes the third thing, it's like something in the situation that has to be named for both parts to just readjust, you know. So it's always for me a possibility to grow, to either grow personally, to grow situationally or to grow in relationship with another person. You really also have put in the effort and the, the care into those conflicts to learn from them. You know, sitting a week praying and meditating and crying or six months, it sounds like you really prioritize that process, which is beautiful. I, for me, that's, for me, that's where it's at, you know, because if not, it's very easy to keep playing a role that's not my role, you know, and it's mm -hmm. super easy to just blame it on the other. And at the beginning, there was a moment where I was like, so out of it that I was like, oh, it was their fault. And then it's like four hours later or the next day I was like, okay, wait, whatever. Like they, they probably have lots of responsibility, but there's a lot of responsibility within myself. You know, how have I behaved? Have I followed my path? Have I followed? So that for me, it's what really liberates and what allows for expansion. Because if I grow, if any, and if I learn, hopefully it won't happen again, not in those ways, you know, and then mm -hmm. I will feel more at peace and then it closes within me. So even if the, if the other person or the situation doesn't want to find closure with me, it's okay because I came full circle with it within my heart. And then if ever the other person would like that, it will be precious, you know, we can come full circle together that like there is that space but I'm at peace within myself because I've taken the time and I've been true with myself and I've questioned myself. So, yeah. uh, there, it's, it's almost like the conflict is a distraction because the distraction is that it has anything to do with 
the other person or the dynamic, but there's so much of it is just actually what's happening in yourself. And I think it's a really great invitation that you're putting out into the world to say, well, take time to see what can you own? What are you, what are you owning within it? And I'm wondering for you, let's imagine a situation where you are, you've done your work, you've owned everything. You're like, what could I possibly own? And I think this happens sometimes where some one person is doing a lot, <laughs> a lot, a lot, a lot of work and care. And then the other person, let's say they are doing something that is just, um, yeah, is disrespectful or is just simply, it doesn't have anything to do with you. Because there are cases when you do your scan, you're like, is there anything to do with me? Like, no, this person is just putting on loud music and it's not respectful. <laughs> and I'm wondering what do you, in, in those situations where it's really, um, where you've done your reflection and you're like, you know what, this isn't actually about me. Uh, what's your, how do you, how do you engage with those people or, or what's your strategy rather? That's where I feel the archetype of stop that. It's super important. And it's not necessarily stop that for the other, not being like, hey, as you shouldn't be doing this or whatever, being like, this is clearly not working. So I'm going to move out of this house, you know, or whatever. So it's like, I've done my part. I've done my process. We clearly see things in a different light and I'm going to respect myself. So I think that that's the extra step, you know, the extra step of taking responsibility because I can't wait for you to change. That's impossible, you know, and and there's a lot of things and there's so many perceptions and so many people, you know, I know so many people that there's things that we talk about that for them are zero disrespect you know and 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 with their friends it's not disrespectful like if you ask other people for example about the cigarette okay like hey do you mind if somebody smokes right there no would you ask someone no 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 okay perfect you know it's like in that egregore in that bubble in that culture in that perspective those things are accepted so it's not good or bad and that's where it comes again you know it's like where duality becomes non-duality you know something that for me it's super simple and easygoing as asking you like hey is it okay if we move the meeting for 15 minutes some people will just not ask and it's okay you know in their paradigm it's okay so mm -hmm. i can just come and be like galloping in my horse and being like this is not okay and you should change this and blah 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 blah, blah because that's not asked for I have no right. I have the right to state my truth. And that's where I, the basta comes in of like, this for me, for me, is very disrespectful because I'm not, I'm not feeling heard. I'm da, 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 like whatever I'm feeling, whatever it's happening within me. I've tried to address this and this and this, but for me, if you're going to keep waking me up, for example, at 4.30 a.m. in the morning with Metallica in the house, I'm going to have to move out. And that's my truth. That's it. So um, it's not an argument anymore. It's things sometimes that are non-negotiable. And it's not that the person's good or bad. It's just that the situation doesn't work. I appreciate you sort of layering this complex strategy where it's really having the tools and the language and doing your own work. And in the moments when you've done all those things and it's just not there, having that stop, like that big no energy and just being like, done. And how that's also an important piece of the puzzle. Well, those are the boundary settings, right? And that's the Kali energy or the wolf energy. You know, it's like a mama wolf in the pack is not just lovey-dovey. There's moments where you have to 
you know, you open your mouth and it's like, no. And that, you know, it's like somebody you don't want, it's coming into your temple or into your ground. It's no, you know, and, and that's something for me that too, it's like a new age of spirituality. It's like lovey-dovey and love. It's like, yes, I can be lovingly saying you like, please don't touch me. Don't touch me because this is my body and this is my space. Non-negociable. No, I don't want you to come into my house. Non-negociable. You know, I don't have to welcome everything in, inside my space. I can love you. I can appreciate you. And that doesn't mean that I'm going to go for three days camping with this person or that person because everything is about, it's like, no, it's my energy. You know, it's my time. It's my whatever. It's my body. It's my sensations. It's my emotions. It's like these things are worthy. You know, it's like, like time, you know, and I see it a lot in spirituality, for example, or, or in different healing practices. Sometimes it's hard to charge people for what, what we do, you know, or what I do. And this is something that I've talked with my friends. So it's like what we do because it's non-tangible and you also have to do part of the work for it to actually work. You know, it's like practice. You have to practice because I can't go into someone's psyche and change something. It's like, I can support but, you know, I can't take responsibility for somebody else. It's a very personal and deep journey, you know, and, and I've tried to plant seeds. And for me, that was like, okay, I shouldn't be doing this. You know, like I should, I can't just go and plant seeds. No, 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 no. I don't want to mess with that. You know, it's like you plant your seeds. I just share the tools. You choose whatever you plant. For example, some people are like, oh, it's too expensive or this or that. Or sometimes people don't pay for the work, etc. It's like, why? You know, why? Like this is precious work. This is time. And this has to be respected. So it's super important to be able to name it. It's like, hey, if you came and you wanted this thing, you know that the engagement is this and this and this. So are you able to take responsibility for what you agreed to, you know? And if not, well, don't come. It's like, don't come and eat a pizza if you can't pay, pay for it in this particular place. You can go somewhere else, you know? Or you can ask before. It's like, hey, I really want a pizza from this place. I can't pay it. I can't afford it. How can we figure out a way? Amazing. Let's do it. Everybody for pizza wherever you want. Yay! See? But things have to be named first, right? So for me, it's very important to remember that energy. There's moments where it's like enough, enough is enough. And that's preservation. And that's also an act of love. And that's also in a lot of teachings. It's like if love does not have wisdom, there's one wing of the, of the, of the eagle missing, you know, it's like, if you just have love, 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 yes, 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 yes. And people are walking on top of you and around you and you have a heel here. And it's like, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all right. It's all right. It's like, dude, like, come on. Like what love are you actually giving? If you're not even loving yourself, you know, it's like, it's impossible. It has to ripple from inside out. So that's also really it's really beautiful seeing your energy as well as you talk about this no, like the other wing. I can just see you like it's like it, it's a full of life that no. And like you said, it's part of what allows the love. A mm -hmm. uh, last question I have for you is because you obviously have lots of experience in community. And here we are talking about no's, about conflict, about playing together, about beautiful communication and tools. What is one lesson that you've learned about creating a kind of community that, that uh, embodies all the things that we've been talking about in our time together? 
what allows that to exist, not just on an individual level, but on a community level? Well, I believe that the first thing for sure is that everybody wants tools, you know, and has tools in their bag, you know, so like everybody takes the responsibility to get some of the tools and some of them have named, you know, like nonviolent communication, social permaculture, conscious communication, uh, how to take decisions, whatever, that people have a path, a spiritual path of their own, be it whatever it is, you know, it could be running, it could be, you know, but what grounds them, what makes them feel good? How do they take responsibility? How do they move the emotions? You know, how are they able to not puke in you, but like go and run and like move that energy and then be like, hey, as I want to talk to you about this thing, you know, but I already processed it in, a, in at least a little amount. So that for sure. Uh, not having taboos about truth, you know, and that, that one's tricky. That one's a tricky one because truth is something as I was sharing, you know, it, it has layers too. So you start listening to it and it's like, oh, this is my truth. And then it's like, oh, wait, okay, this new truth. And it's like through this question and through this pondering that the, the truth eventually emerges. So have, So being able to share that in community uh, with the others, it's super important. So creating bonds of intimacy, not in a sexual way, but like intimacy, like being vulnerable, being raw, being open, right? So there's so many things, you know, like there's forum zag, there's circles, there's singing, there's dancing, there's playing, you know, playing can bring a lot of openness and playfulness because it, it weaves this bond. So making sure that it's not just about like mission and this and that. So it's like the mission is there in the community. And I, and I do believe that there has to be um, a line directrice, you know, like a guiding line. But then there's also have to be all the other aspects of the circle being nurtured, you know. So, for example, in, in the community here, we take the time to celebrate each other's birthday. You know, we take the time sometimes to just do ceremony like the us, you know, or like have dinner and talk about what's going good. And then we share for the people. And so it's like it's constantly nourishing ourselves, nourishing the, the tribe, you know, the circle and then nourishing the bigger circle. And whenever something needs to be addressed, we address it. We play, we move, we sing, we dance, we laugh, we laugh, we laugh, we laugh as much as we can. And it's still not easy, you know, so that that for me, too, it's something that I've been realizing uh, the more it goes for me, and this is not an ultimate truth, okay? Again, everything I've said here, it's a Juani truth for now. And it may change and we did may transform, but this is how I see life and what helps for me. But I've realized that there's a lot of, of ideals, you know, that I've gotten to from the collective psyche, you know, and, and things and tools and forms that I believe maybe there maybe there's a part of humanity that's not there yet, you know, it's, it's like, there's still some work. So for me, it's just having the, the courage and the acceptance and the love to be like, I'm getting there, you know, I can't just force it, you know, it's like, I can't force it to be ready to be a mother, I cannot force it to be ready to get married, I cannot force it to live in community and everything's gonna be it's like, it's a process, you know, so take the taking the time to get to know the people you want to live with you know it's just like a couple you know it's like you go on dates with them you know entre guillemets, right again not sexually or whatever but you go into it's like hey let's go for ice cream you know or like what happens when there's conflict how do we deal with it oh okay you know and, and letting time sit because a lot of times i see it's like 
oh, we're going to do a community, we buy a land, da, da, da. and nine out of 10 communities nowadays, they're literally like just cracking, just like divorces, you know, it's just like marriages nowadays, because we don't have, not everybody has the tool and not everybody has done the process to actually, you know, living together is a big commitment, you know, it's like a marriage. Even if you're living separately, there might be things that that create conflict, you know, that create friction. And so for me, it's a lot about taking the time, getting the right tools. And when it blooms from within, like really from our heart and not from the ideal of like we have to live in community and we're just going to, it's like it blooms from within. It's like, wow, I really, it's with this person and we're going to start with this person and then maybe that person and, 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 and it just like, it happens. So for me, it's a lot more about letting life and this is something that I've been learning more in the in the last like nine months. Okay. So before it was more conceptual. So now it's like, okay, I get it. I get it. Like at one point I was talking a lot about organic, organic, organic. And now it's like, it's from the heart. It's like letting things evolve in an organic matter. Cause there's, there's leaves that have to fall for the humans to happen, for them to plant the seed, for them to water the seed. So that patience that a lot of times we talk about. So that for sure, it's it's a key part of actually living in a community, I find. Yeah, that metaphor makes so much sense. You can't just grow a forest overnight. Like there's a growing and there's a connection between between the plants and the animals and the ecosystem that you're creating. Mm-hmm. Nice. Is there anything you would like to add before we finish our conversation today? I just wish everybody and we can all keep uh, walking with love and truth and discovering having lots of curiosity to know what love is and accepting accepting the mirrors and accepting the tough edges the rough edges because those are the things too that help us polish ourselves and that help us grow so and for me that's the divine play and that's the sacred play and there's things that we won't understand with our minds but that if we take the time to work on them and to wield them within ourselves they can create the most beautiful garden we have ever imagined. So, so yeah, that's what I hope we can all do. And accept our humanity, for sure. Just always remember that we're human. Always for me, remember that I'm human, that this is just a passage, that everything that was shared here was just emerging in the moment. And, and then we just keep growing and that I will wish to keep growing. So, so yeah. Thank you so much, as for doing this and for taking the time. And, and I wish you a beautiful blooming on this podcast, on this life, on this following of your heart. Hmm. Very, very much appreciated. Thank you. And thank you for sharing your, uh, your experiences, your experiences, your thoughts, your wisdom, your ideas and dreams, and for embodying so much energy and love Anita it's beautiful it's so beautiful to see and I I wish for that your energy to continue to expand and be shared with the loved ones in your life 